43 verse 18 and verse 19 he says remember ye not the formal things and consider neither consider the things of old behold I will do a new thing somebody say a new thing he says now it shall spring forth shall you not know it I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert today is lesson number seven and we have been teaching from this series of a season of change a season of change the objective is to bring you and I to a place in our lives where we begin to understand value and appreciate change thus embracing it as we would a dear friend so that brings us to our subtopic and our subtopic is embracing a new thing embracing a new thing and we've discovered and we found out that it is impossible to embrace the new thing that God is doing or God is desiring to do in your life in my life if we are unwilling to relinquish and let go of the things that are in our past many times what keep us from going forward is we're choosing to hold on to things that are behind us last week I shared with you what needed to take place if you're going to manage and maximize change in your life change can be resisted change can be rejected change can be rebelled against but God's best is that you and I receive change when we're presented with opportunities to change we're all partakers of the nature of God and if we're going to partake of what God has for us partake of the promises of God we have to be willing to make changes and make adjustments in our lives the Bible says according to Jeremiah 29 and verse number 11 he says that I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you and I think towards you says the Lord their thoughts of peace not of evil to give you hope and to give you a great future so God does have a good future in mind for you he actually does and it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter what your past has been past experiences or anything like that even your past successes God still has more for you God still has greater for you God still has better for you so don't get stuck on where you've been don't get stuck on what you've done God still wants to use you and still wants to do even greater things through you amen, amen. say I am getting in position, I am getting in position for God to use me at a greater level amen and that's one of the things you got to have to understand that he has used you at one level but God so desires to use you and I at greater levels turn to Acts chapter number 9 Acts chapter number 9 and in Acts chapter 9 we see the Apostle Paul who was first his name was Saul and then God changed his name from Saul to Paul because change is multifaceted it cannot be narrowed down to just one thing change cannot be narrowed down to just one thing your life my life can improve if we're willing to change if we're willing to change husband if you're willing to change wife if you're willing to change teenager if you're willing to change parents if you're willing to change members if you're willing to change pastor if you're willing to change our lives can take on such a greater meaning if we would just such a, a more purposeful meaning if we would be willing to maximize the opportunities to change in life change is an action resulting from a decision to move from change is letting go of the familiar that's why people become stuck in a rut end up living their lives mediocre because they are not willing to let go of something that is familiar it's a shift or exchange it means to replace with another I'm just giving you some definitions of change it is giving up something in exchange for something different something desired or something necessary to make different or to become different to alter to fluctuate to mutate all oh, that's change to switch to trade to substitute that's change now here's a statement that I want you to I want you to get a hold of this statement change is not necessarily the result of something being wrong change is not necessarily the result of something being wrong see the average person thinks when you talk about change the first questions come to their mind is what's wrong 
What's, what's wrong? Well, I need to change. Change for what? What's wrong? But see, change is not necessarily the result of things being wrong, but sometimes it's just the need for something different, something new, something fresh. Just something different. It doesn't have to be anything wrong with it. But just having a desire for something different, something new, or something fresh. It doesn't have to be anything wrong with the place you used to go to. It's not anything wrong with the restaurant. You may just want something different. You may just want something new. You may just desire something fresh. It doesn't have to be anything wrong with the marriage. You just want something fresh. Just want something new. Just want something different. Amen. You should be in verse number, verse number three of Acts chapter nine. And this is uh, Saul, and this is when Jesus encountered him, when he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. Look what it says in verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. Verse number 4 says, And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? This is Jesus talking to him. Verse 5, look at verse 5. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecuted. Now, now watch this last statement. It is hard for thee to kick against the prick. It is hard for thee to kick against the prick. In the Amplified it says, And Saul said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom ye are persecuting. Watch this. It is dangerous and will turn out badly for you to keep kicking against the gold, to offer vain and perilous resistance. Now, this word gold, gold, this word gold, those of you who, who, who may have grew up on a farm or understand farming, Normally, when, when your oxen were plowing, when you were plowing with your oxen, the man who's walking behind that, that oxen, he had a long, sharp instrument. That long, sharp, pointed instrument was called a gold. And while the oxen was plowing, if the oxen stopped, or if the oxen was moving too slow, then what that, what that farmer would do is take that gold and, and he would stick that oxen with it. He would stick him with it, and, and the purpose of that was to inflict pain to where the ox become uncomfortable where he is, therefore forcing him to move forward. And so I believe that God allows circumstances and situations in our lives to keep poking us, to keep sticking us, so we don't become stagnant and stuck in life. We don't become complacent and mediocre, but he does that so we can keep moving in life. Now, 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 notice what he said. he said. He said, Paul, it is hard for you. Amplified said, it's dangerous and will turn out badly for you if you keep going against, kicking against the gold. Yes, sir. Now, that's the sharp object. Now, it's not talking about kick against with a forward movement, a forward motion, but it actually implies a backwards kick because you're trying to get rid of the thing that's trying to cause you to go forward. And so all you're going to do, you keep kicking back. All you're going to do is keep hitting this point. You keep hitting this sharp object. And so he said, it's going to turn out bad for you. And how many of us, we are kicking against something that is working against us because we're not letting that thing move us to, to go further in life. Now I want to read some, some different translations to you of uh, Acts chapter 9 and verse number 5. The New Century Version says this. You're hurting yourself by fighting me. Can't fight against God. All you're going to do is mess yourself up. You're hurting yourself by fighting me. The New Living Translation said, it's hard to fight against my will. Whatever God has willed for your life, whatever God has planned for your life, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it's the purpose of God that's going to prevail. In other words, you can take as long as you want to take. The Bible teaches that God has given us time and space because he wants all of us to turn and come to him. But you can take as long as you want to take. You can go out there and mess your life up. But at the end of the day, God's going to get what he wants. Yeah. 
The 20th century New Testament says, by kicking against the golds, all you're doing is hurting yourself. The Philip translation said, it is not easy for you to continue kicking against your own conscience. The Weymouth translation says, you are finding it painful to kick against the ox gold. The hip hop translation. Say, you're going to kill yourself if you don't make some changes. <laughs> so change is important. Say that. Say it again, change is important. Now listen to this. Here's, here's what I call a kingdom statement. Get a, get a hold of this. The more you debate change, the longer you delay progress. The more you debate change, you're just putting it off and putting it off, you're procrastinating and, and you're trying to argue it away and trying to reason it away, refusing to make change, thinking that this is just how I am. I always been like this. This is just me. Ain't nobody going to change me. This, this is just me. The longer you debate change, the longer you delay progress. That there are many of us who are in this room today or maybe listening to this CD, you would agree that you could be further along in life had you not been resisting change, rebelling against change, fighting against change. You have been stuck in your way, and because you've been stuck in your way, you have literally wasted years of your life. Because you have refused to change. And God brought you here today. It doesn't matter who invited you. You know, God has a plan for your life, and God brought you here today because he's interested in you changing. Whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in business, whether it's as an employee, an employer, a husband, a wife, a child, or whatever it may be, God is interested in your change. Amen? Amen. Say, I am too. Say, I desire change. Amen. And folks, I'm, I'm like this. There's no use of us coming here if we can't change. We might as well just, you know, take all the chairs out and we just gather here on Sunday morning and bring our drinks and, and our smokes. And hey, man, we just chill. We just kick it. We ain't going to change no way. We might as well just hang around and, you know, just, just do something, you know, that's, that's unproductive. That's not going to add to our lives, take away to our lives. The purpose of this is to add to your life so you can change. And if you come here, you want to change because you already know what's going to happen. You, you come here, if you're a member here and you come to this church, that's because you're looking for change because we are about changing. I am not trying to be two years down the road like I am today. I am about change. Amen. How about you? So now let's pick back up. Let's start. We were talking about these enemies that keeps us from embracing our new thing. Enemies that keep us from embracing our new thing. God wants to do something new in your life. God wants to do something new in your life. God wants to do something new in your life. It, it doesn't matter where you are. It, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what your experiences have been. It doesn't matter how bad you think it is. It doesn't matter how, how bad you think you have messed up. God desires to do something new in your life. God is not through with you. That's good news. That, that God, that others may have thrown you away. Some people may have written you off. Some people may have said you will never change. Some people have said, you know, you, you hadn't done anything. You'll never do anything. You, you hadn't been anybody. You'll never be anybody. Some people have given up on you. God has not given up on you. God is long-suffering. God, God can hold out, man. I'm telling you, God, God is long-suffering. He knows how to suffer long. And God will hold out. God will wait on you. Yeah. 
God will wait on you. If you want to waste another 10 years, God will let you waste another 10 years. God will let you stay out there smoking reefer. He'll let you keep running the street. He'll let you keep messing up your life. He'll let you drink your life down the tube. And then the moment you decide, okay, God, I'm ready to change. God said, okay, let's go. I'm ready. I've been waiting on you. I've been sitting here waiting on you. You didn't even have to go that long. You could have came to me last year. I'm ready. I'm ready. That, that God, will never, God will never say, no, you should have came two years ago. I can change my mind now. No, God will not treat you like that. The Bible said that God is long-suffering and he is not willing that any should perish, but he is faithful to us, Lord, because he wants everybody to come to him. And so, hey, baby, God can wait it out. Yeah. He been waiting this long. He can continue to wait, and that's the goodness of God, and that's the grace of God that God will wait on you. Think about it, man. As some of us, you didn't get born again until you were 40. Some didn't get born again until you were 50. But when you came to the Lord, the Bible said, whoever comes to the Lord, he will in no wise cast him out. So you can't, you can't drink enough. You can't smoke enough. You can't steal enough. You can't tell enough lies. You can't backslide enough for God to say, nope, I don't want you. Whenever you come to him, God's going to say, okay, let's go. Let's go. I'll make your life brand new. I've been wanting to do a new thing in you. I need to do a new thing in you. I'm going to do an overhaul in you. And when folks see you, they're going to know it was me that changed your life. Amen. God wants to do a new thing in your life. Amen. So it's, it's, it's not over for you. It's not over. You're still on the team, and, and, and you get your act right, God will let you get in the game. But you can't do like Robin. You can't sit on the sideline and take your tennis off. You, you got to stay ready to get back in the game. Amen. <laughs> so we talked about these, these things. Uh, uh, that, that seven of them. We, we, uh, we, we finished last week on number five. Number five. Let's pick back up with number five, and I think we'll spend the rest of the day Finishing up number five. Number five was deception. Deception. Deception keeps me from embracing the new thing. Deception. The greatest deception is self-deception. The greatest deception is self-deception. When you deceive yourself. When you start believing your own lies. See, that's, that is, there's no deception. See, you can lie to me and deceive me and I find out it was a deception. But it's bad when I tell me something I know it's not true, but yet I believe it. Self-deception. Have I deceived myself? Deception, self-deception. That before anyone can deceive you, you have to be deceived first. And that first deception, first line of deception comes from myself. All the people who, who have ever deceived me, I've been deceived because I deceived myself first. All right? Whether they sold you something, you thought you was getting something that you were not getting. So you deceive yourself first. All right? So I gave you six things that had to be present in order to be deceived. And you'd have to get that tape from last week. I don't have time to go into it. But today I want to talk about four sources of deception. Four primary uh, 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 sources of deception. Where does deception come from? Four sources of deception. Number one, satanic. Satanic deception. The devil can deceive you. Now, he is a deceiver. The, the Bible says that. That he is a deceiver and he is a liar. You can't believe anything he said. So when, when he tells you you're no good, don't believe him. When he tells you you're not going to make it, don't, don't believe him. When he says to you your life is over, don't believe it. Why? He's a liar. He, he, don't, he doesn't just tell lies. He is a liar. This is, this is, this, you know, I play basketball, but they are basketball players. Now, what's the difference? That's what they do. I just do it when time allows. 
You can tell by the accounts, you know. That, <laughs> but now here's the thing. So the devil doesn't just tell lies. This is his profession. This is what he does. He's a career liar. The Bible, now, now, now the Bible said that he is the father of all lies. Father means originator. He is the source. It started with him. The first lie started with him. So you can't, you don't get depressed about what he says to you. Some kind of negative thought that he shot, you don't get depressed by that. See, the only way you get depressed by that, you deceive yourself to think he's telling the truth. But he cannot tell the truth. He's just a liar. Amen. Now, so let's look at this satanic deception. You know, so the devil will deceive. He'll deceive teenagers. He'll deceive teenagers and have you thinking, you know, you know more than your parents. You know, you ain't, you, ain't, you ain't been here. You ain't been here but 12 years. And, and you know, and, you, 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 and, and in that 12, that, that, you know, at least three or four of them, you, ain't, you wasn't even conscious of what was going on. So now you've been listening to Ray Ray down at the schoolhouse, and, and Ray Ray got you think I'm tripping. He got you thinking I'm tripping. <laughs> you know, but see, he'll, he'll deceive you. The devil will deceive you, and you'll stop listening to your parents. You stop listening to your parents. You stop respecting your parents. You stop valuing your parents. You stop honoring them. Therefore, what they say no longer carries weight with you. You've been deceived. He deceives you because your parents messed up and, and now you think that that disqualifies them from telling you what's right. See, that's deception. And that's satanic deception. And all the, the, the greatest weapon that the devil has is suggestion. He suggests. That's all he has. He, he makes suggestion. He, he, the Bible says he goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he don't just attack just, just, you know, just anybody he get ready to. He got to find him somebody he can devour. See, the reason he has to seek because he can't devour everybody. Because everybody's not going for it. So he, he prays on the weak. He prays on the weak mind. He prays on, on the feeble. He prays on those with low self-esteem. He prays on those with poor self-image. That's who he prays on, those who don't know who they are. Because when you don't know who, you're, who you are, you're very prone for deception. Amen. And so satanic deception. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter number 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 14. Don't let the devil deceive you. Don't, don't let him deceive. Remember, he come to do what? Steal, kill, what? And why in the world you won't trust that? You already, you already know what he comes to do. He comes to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. Why would I trust him? Why would I even give what he says the thought of a day? You know, why I'm giving any, any, any attention to that? If you know, if you know, if this brother here, stand up, brother. If this brother here owns a car lot, and, you know, the, the reputation, um, you know, the reputation uh, precedes him, and, and he's known to get over and take advantage of people and all of that, why in the world I won't listen to him by working me a deal? Because of his reputation. I know what he come to do. He's just trying to get ahead. He's just trying to take advantage of us. So why in the world would I even listen to him? Yeah. So why in the world, thank you, brother, why in the world would she even be listening to the devil? Yeah. Your husband don't love you. And you sitting up there listening to him, now you done got deceived. Yeah. So your husband walk in late from work, you know, and so, you, you don't love me, don't you? You don't love me, don't you? I know you, I don't know you, I know you don't love me. Man, what, what, what happened? Did, some, did something happen, somebody call you? No, oh, you've been sitting up drinking tea with the devil. <laughs> First Timothy 2 and verse 14. Man, I'm telling you, people go off because they be sitting up listening to the devil. And they just start saying, saying what the devil says. You're talking to your employer and the devil say, don't let them talk to you like that. I ain't going to let y'all talk to me like that. <laughs> Tell them what they can do. Tell them they can take this job and show. Man, y'all can take this job and show. 
and then you get fired, and the devil's standing outside in the parking lot just left. <laughs> you know, I just thought about this, this, this thing I saw on television. Uh, you, some of you probably seen this. There were these two crows, these two birds, sitting up on a limb. And, uh, and they, was, they was advertising this, this window cleaning solution. And boy, they made the window real clean. So clean, you think it's just opening. Man, folk was walking and bam, busting into the window. And them birds sitting up there on the limb, they just, they just cracking up, boy, they, they just laugh. That's how the devil does you. That's how the devil, do you walk away from your job, walk away from your marriage? You know, you didn't throw away some kind of opportunity where God opened a door for you because you sitting up listening to the devil. You didn't bought the lie and you didn't got yourself deceived. what he says in verse number 14. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So we know Adam and Eve, remember they took up the fruit, and it says that Adam, he was not even deceived. He knew what was going on. He wasn't deceived, but the woman was deceived. Now let's see how she got deceived. Go to Genesis 3, and let's look at the story. Genesis chapter 3, she's the one who was deceived. Adam wasn't deceived, so it wasn't like Adam could say, well, Lord, I didn't know. No, you knew. You knew. You knew, but you just, you just let your flesh get out of control. You just wanted something. See, the problem is you wanted what I told you you couldn't have. That's what the deal was. You wanted it, and, and that's why you went for it. I already told you what's going to happen. I told you the day you eat of this tree, I told you every tree in the garden, you can freely have it. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is in the middle of the garden, don't bother that tree. Don't eat from that tree. The day you eat from that tree, that's the day you're going to die. So he already knew what was going to happen. So now watch the woman. Verse number three and verse number, let's look at verse number, let's look at verse number four. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Now look at that. Well, now, what did God say? You shall surely die. Shall surely die. Yeah. That's what God said, right? right? God said you shall die. The day you eat of the tree, you shall die. Uh -huh. yeah. That's when death steps into the earth realm. When you disobey me and go against what I said, that's when you're going to die. Right. Now, now, look at the devil. Yeah. The, the devil, the serpent said unto the woman, you, you're not going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to die. For God know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes will be open, and you'll be as gods, knowing good and evil. See, she's sitting up there listening to the lies of the devil, and she got deceived. Because, now why? Because she believed what the devil said versus believing what God said through her husband. See? Now look at verse number, look at verse number 13. And see, they were already, now remember he said, you will be as gods. Yeah. You're going to be like God. And see, God's trying to hold out on you. He don't want you to be like him. Well, if she'd have known who she was, she was already made in the image of God after the likeness of God. You already like God. Yeah. But see, when you don't know who you are, you open for deception. You open, you open for deception. See, if you don't, if you don't know who, they, who you are, when, you, when they saying B's and H's on the radio, you'll think they're talking to you. Because you don't know who you are. You'll respond to anybody when you don't know who, who you are. So it's important to know who you are. Look what he says in verse number 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. The Amplified said, and the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled, cheated, outwitted, and deceived me, and I ate. And I, she was deceived. So satanic deception, the devil will deceive you. Start talking in your head, start telling you a lot of stuff, giving you a lot of suggestions, bringing a lot of thoughts. And folks, we can't stop the thoughts from coming. They come. They come. But the Bible said what you have to do, you have to cast down imagination. 
You have to deal with those thoughts and those strongholds and every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God or anything that comes into your life to, to, to exalt itself, raise itself higher than what God's word says. You have an obligation and a responsibility to pull that down. Because why? The thought that you don't pull down will bring you down. I can't, I can't stop the thoughts from coming. You can't, you can't, you can't stop them from, they're always going to come. Negative thoughts are always going to come. They, they're always, they're always going to come. But what are you going to do with them when they come? What are you going to do with them? When, they, when that negative thought comes about your life, what are you going to do with it? When that negative thought comes about your health, what are you going to do with it? They, they will, you can't stop them from coming. And just because a bad thought come, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. But because this bad thought has come, that let me know, uh-oh, the devil trying to take me out. Uh-oh, the devil trying to mess me up now. So I, I, got, I got to do something with this. I need to pull this down and I need to change my thinking and take the word of God and make the word of God higher than this negative thought. I can't let this thought lord in my life. But you got, you got to deal with it. You've had negative thoughts before. You had negative thoughts probably driving here. Amen. Where have you had in the person next to you did? But we, we, we've all, we've had negative thoughts. But it's what, it's what we do with them. It's what we do with them that makes the difference. So Satan will always bring negative thoughts. All right? So that's the first kind of deception. Number two is societal. Societal. That's the deception that comes from society. Society will deceive you. Now, society is made up of two groups. Saints and sinners. Society is made up of those two groups, saints and sinners. And you have to watch both of them. Amen. You got to sleep with one eye open and make sure it's the good eye. <laughs> But you got, you, you, got to watch, you got to watch them because, see, 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 folks, let me tell you. See, it is the nature, the sinful nature of us to be selfish. And if we don't adjust that with the word of God, we'll go through life looking out for ourselves and regardless to who we have to take advantage of to get what we want or to get gain in life. See, love, say love. Love. Love is looking out for others to give them an advantage. Mm -hmm. yes. Selfishness is looking at others so you can get your own advantage. And so we have, you know, and so it's, and it, it is human nature yes, to be selfish. Yes, you didn't teach your children to be selfish. Selfishness was in them. Right. Right. Mine. Mine. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't teach them that. You had to teach them to share. You had to teach them to share. They didn't just, just automatically wanted to share. They get mad. They won't take their ball and go home. I can't play. Can't nobody play. See, that's selfish. That's selfish. They take their marbles. You know, they lost, so they, they kick all the marbles. See, see that, that's selfish. And we all grew up like that. See, we grew up selfish. It was in us. And it wasn't until we got born again to where we took on a new nature. That's why the Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. And these all things are of God. So the change is not on the outside. The change is on the inside. And once I get it changed on the inside, I can change what I do on the outside. But I got to get the inside changed first. You got to change that nature. Societal. Societal. Paul asked a question to the church at Galatia. He said, who bewitch you? Who trick you? Who deceive you? Who beguile you? Who manipulated you that you should not obey the word of God? So people can deceive you. You got some, you got some slick, 
silver tongue, charming. I mean, man, you, you got some slickers, slick, slicksters. I mean, I mean, man, some folks so slick look like they're anointed with it. I mean, look like they got power, boy. They, I mean, man, you, you be there mesmerized. And they just lying out their teeth. You know, the Bible said in the last days, even the very elect will be deceived and believe a lie over the truth. So deception. And deception keeps us from embracing the new thing that God wants to do in my life. Because every time I see something new that God's trying to do in my life, I get deceived by this old stuff. It keeps me from, from moving forward. Right? So my society, my environment, when I talk society, I'm talking environment. That's the condition that surrounds you, your condition. I grew up in an environment where I didn't, I didn't see the environment that I grew up in. I didn't see, I didn't see prosperity. I didn't see prosperity. I didn't, I didn't see people just, I, I, every, you know, for the most part, the community I grew up in, I saw people surviving. You know, just, just surviving, just, just, trying, just trying to make it, just trying to stay afloat. You know, that's, that's what I saw. Now, had God, but see, I've always had a greater desire for more than what I saw in my environment. I always wanted out. I always wanted out. I, I've, I've always been, been a dream. I always would, would imagine. I grew up in Acres Home and across the bayou. We had a bayou that ran on the, the back of the community on one side, and on the other side of the bayou was the brick houses. You know, a community, that was a community called Heather Glen, Willow Run. Yeah, taking some of y'all back. And, and I, I never forget, I never forget, man, I never forget when we was coming from school and the school bus, the school bus would go through, go through those communities and then drive us over in the Acres home yeah. where the wood frame houses were. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I used to ride through there, and, and boy, I used to say, I say, boy, I say, man, one of these days, boy, I'm gonna have me, have me a house like that. Yeah. I'm have, I just wanted some brick. It ain't have to be big, man, look, I just wanted me, look, man, if I just give me some brick, yeah. shoot. I just, I just wanted some brick, man, that's all. That's all, it ain't have to be nothing, it ain't need two stories. It could have been half a story. Just, just, just put some brick on that bad boy, man. I always, always wanted that brick, man. Yeah. 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 Come on. But see, see, I got exposed to something. Yeah. And so then, then they would bring me into my environment. But I always had desire for better yeah. and for yeah. more Amen. than what my environment offered me. Yeah. And the people in my environment, they had a certain language yeah. that made you think you were confined to the environment. Yeah. See. Now watch this. Go to Genesis chapter 12. Because see, for God to do what he needs to do in your life, sometimes he'll call you out of your environment. Because sometimes it's your environment that's holding you back. Amen. You know, that environment of failure, that environment of passiveness, that environment, you know, where, where, where nobody's, you know, nobody's really stepping out. Nobody, nobody's getting, everybody riding in the boat, man. Nobody's really stepping out of the boat. Nobody's stepping out of the boat. You know, everybody's just, you know, everybody's just working for somebody. Nobody's owning anything. Everybody's renting. You can rent anything. You know, you can rent a wheel. You know, rent a, rent a tire. You know, they got, you can rent, you know, rent your teeth. You can rent anything, man. You, you can, you can rent anything, man. You, you, can, rent, you can rent anything. <laughs> but nobody, nobody's on. See, that was the environment. And that's why they, they had a lot of those, those places like that in certain environments. Come on now, talk to me now. Don't, don't act like that now. But see, see, they, see, they know the mentality of the environment. And they know you'd rather rent a wheel than buy a wheel. Amen. Shout me down because I'm preaching good. (laughs) 
Now watch what God says to Abraham in verse number one, uh, Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country. I want you out your community. Get out of your country and, and them kinfolk of yours, I want you to get away from them kinfolk. Some, sometimes, man, look, kin... Look, I want, look, I want, I want you, look, I want you to leave little man. Yeah, I want you to leave baby boy. You know, Bobo. Look, I want you to leave all, you know, Shanita and them. Look, you need, to, you need to leave. Them folk ain't going nowhere, and they don't want you to go nowhere, and they ain't gonna let you go nowhere. And if you do start coming up, they like crabs. They gonna pull you right back down. And if you do get out, they gonna say you change and act like you better than everybody else. I just, don't get, this is what he said to him. He said, look, look, Abraham, while you broke now, don't go. Go on, get out now, because if you wait till you get your stuff and leave, then they're going to they gonna clown you then. They're they going to say you chain, but you might well go on, go now. You ain't, you ain't got nothing anyway, just, you ain't got nothing to pack. Take your dreams and get out of your kinfolk's house. He, he said, I want you to leave your relative. Because sometimes what God wants to do in your life, it's your re it ain't the folk in the community, it's your relative. It's those, the Bible said that a man's enemies many times is right there in his own house. So you can't, you can't, you can't rise any higher than those you see around you. The folk you see need to inspire you. The folk you see need to make you hungry for more and make you hungry for better because the folk you see supposed to let you know what's possible for you. So you got to get around folk who are doing better than you that can pull you up. And many times your relatives, your kinfolk, Amen. And that's why God, God told him, he said, I, I, want you to, I want you to leave your country. Because that, that mindset in your country, for what I want to do in your life, and your kinfolk, and your daddy's house, you got to get out of there. Because, you know, you know, Abraham's daddy, he wasn't, worship, he wasn't a worshiper of God. He worshiped the moon. That's right. And look, for what I want to do in your life, you ain't going to be able to do it in your daddy's house. Because you're in your daddy's house, you're going to have to respect your daddy's house. Because I'm a God of order. That's why I'm calling you out from your daddy's house. He said, and boy, I'm going to bless you. And you're going to be a blessing. I'm going to make your name great. Ain't nobody going to hear about you down here. I got to call you out, man, where I can make your name great. And you're going to be a blessing, and I'm going to bless those who bless you, and I'm going to curse everybody that curse. Don't you be trying to get back at folk who curse you. I'm going to take care. I'm going to be your covenant partner. And those who curse you, I'm going to handle them. I'm going to handle them. The Bible, the Bible says in the New Testament, those who trouble you, I'm going to trouble them. That's why you got to be careful about who you messing with, man. You can't be messing with folk who God is with. He said, until all the families of the earth have been blessed. I'm trying to do something in your, I want to do something new in your life. Now watch this. I like verse four. Verse four says, so Abram what? Notice he didn't debate. He didn't debate. He said, shoot, sound good to me? Nothing happening here anyway. You want somebody? Use me, Lord. You need to call somebody out, call me out. I'll be, I'll be the example for my family, call me out. I'm bold enough, I trust you enough. I believe, I ain't scared, I ain't scared, I ain't never scared. I do it, I step out. And God needs you in your family. God is depending on you and your, somebody got to step out in your family because if they see you step out and see what God's doing in your life, they gonna know it's God because they know you. Yeah. 
So you get deceived. Let's look at First Timothy, I mean Titus, excuse me, Titus. Titus chapter 1. You got to be careful. Because society will deceive you, your environment. Your environment will make you think you're going to always be in that apartment. Yes, it will. Your environment will make you think you'll always be in debt. Your environment. Your environment will make you think that where you are is where you always be. See, that's your environment. But don't succumb to your environment. Don't bow down to your environment. You bow out of your environment. Amen? And you know, man, see, and now, see, I don't really care, care much about brick no more. See, I got, I see, I, I, I saw something different. I got, see, I ain't know nothing about stucco. Man, I ain't, I ain't heard nothing, man, I ain't hear nothing about no stucco in my, in my community, man. I heard folks say, man, pull me out, I'm stuck. But ain't, ain't nobody never said stucco. I ain't never heard stucco. Man, I ain't hear stucco. I'm, I'm riding around looking at houses later on in life. I mean, man, what kind of stuff is that? Yeah, now what kind of brick is, I ain't never seen no brick like that. Man, that's stucco, man. Keep your mouth closed. Don't let folk know how un unexposed you are. That, that's stucco, man. Ask me when we get back in the car what that is. Well, don't be asking me in front of the man. Remind me of an old girl from the country. Yeah. Yeah. Her and her they hadn't been exposed to much. And they moved from the country. They deep in the country. They moved from the country up in the city. And they looking out of the window one day and saw a limousine go by. She said, ooh, baby, come here. Look at that long car there. I wonder what kind of car. I ain't never seen a car that long. And somebody told her, said, girl, that's a limousine. See, unexposed. Yeah. Just unexposed. Sometimes you're in your environment and you just have no exposure. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get exposed. Amen. Because, see, exposure creates desire. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You ever heard you didn't want one till you saw one? Yeah. Because exposure creates desire. Right. Right. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Now look at verse number, verse number seven. He's talking about bishops here. And notice what he says, <clears throat> for a bishop must be what? Blameless, as, a, as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, not strike, no striker, uh, not, not given to filthy lucre. In other words, he's not chasing money. Amen. But a love of hospitality, a love of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine to both doctrine, both to exalt and to convince the gainsayers. Watch verse 10. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. That's talking about folk in the church. Especially the brethren in the church whose mouth must be stopped who, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for money. Filthy lucre. Filthy lucre. Now, 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 money, 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 is, money is, is immoral. Money is neutral. Money is not good or bad. Just depends on whose hand is in it. One man can take money and destroy lives. Another man can take it and restore lives. So it depends on whose, whose hand is in. So why do they call it filthy loop? It's when your motives are twisted about money that makes it filthy. But notice what he said. He said here that in the church there are many that will deceive you. You got some slick folk in the church. You have some folk, you have some folk, they just want to go to church to network. Just passing their little business card out. They ain't concerned about you, they looking for opportunity. 
looking for opportunity to network and, and, and to just gain, to take advantage of. And they're doing it for filthy lucre. You can't see people as money. You can't see people as your way out. It's not God. See, you're, you're, you're deceived. You're deceived, and you're trying to deceive others. And let me tell you something. It's unfortunate, but, but you have more people in the church that get taken advantage of and get taken for a ride, get took, than you do most folk in the world. Folk in the world know a con when they see one. But you didn't got saved, got sanctified, talking in tongue, and you just lost all your sense. You know, you, you can't even tell you talking to a slickster. You, you can't even tell you being deceived. You all up in the spirit. If you come up out the spirit and, and stand there in the natural and start facing folk, you'll know you're dealing with a con. Ain't nothing spiritual about you selling me no car. Don't be talking in tongues selling me a car. I just sensed the Lord. Man, show me the invoice. Don't be telling me nothing about you. You sensed the Lord doing nothing, man. Show me the invoice. There ain't nothing but that heat out here you feeling. That ain't, that ain't no anointing you feeling. That's them sun rays you feeling. Now sell me the car. What's the bottom line price? See, so you, got, you, got, you spiritualizing everything. I, I saw you when you was getting out of the car. Mm. When, when, you, when you pulled up, the Lord said, that's the one. Mm, 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 mm. You, you saved, you saved. Yeah, I am saved. I am. Don't, don't get me started. I shout right here. You know, all, see, you, you about to get deceived, baby. You about to get took. <laughs> you all up in the finance booth and man messing over you. He didn't slip the interest rate on you so high. Because you up in the spirit. You crying and rocking. And he said, go on, sign right here. Sign. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Man, ain't nothing spiritual about that transaction. Man, what's that interest rate? Move your hand. You paying a dog on interest rate that, that, you know, that's above your age. Lying to deceive. The Bible said, be, beware of men who lie in wait to deceive. And you'll miss out on your new thing because you let somebody deceive you. You don't let preachers deceive you. Now, I'm a, pre I'm a preacher. I'm, I'm for preachers. I am a preacher. I'm a pastor. I'm for pastors. I'm not for deception. I'm not for taking advantage of God's people. I don't pimp God's people. I don't look at you for my lifestyle. I live like I live because of my seed, not because of yours. See, just like you have to sow to get a harvest, I do too. I have to sow to get a harvest. And he said, you got to be careful about vain talkers. Folk who talk a lot. Get to the point. You gonna ask me for something? Ask me. Don't be going all around the bush. Ask me for what you gonna ask me for. Cause the longer you talk, you plan on my emotion. What you gonna ask me for? Ask me. You gotta be careful about that. And you need to know me as your leader. I'm not after your money. I am not, I am not after your money. Cause God's my source and God is my, is my supply. And see, the devil will deceive you. See my family and I, you know, looking good, riding good and all of that. And the devil will have you thinking, I'm getting your money. See, that's deception. That's what he'll do. He'll tell you that. We had a, we had, I, I can tell this, we had a, um, and I'm just telling you this just, just so you know my heart. Now, I like nice things. I like, I like nice stuff. I ain't going to be looking pitiful so I can get you to help me. My stuff always going to be tight. <laughs> I'm, I'm all, I'm all, my stuff always going to be right. But you don't have to wonder, I wonder how he, how he getting there. I wonder, now I wonder where that come from. I don't be looking at you wondering where your stuff come from. But I had, I had, we had, I had a member in this church. 
And I think this story is, is, is just so germane to what I'm talking to you about. <laughs> and I'm not, say, say he's not the only one. He's not the only one. There are other pastors who don't just try to mess over God's people. I'd be a fool to think I'm the only one. But I had a member, I had a member was, was going to give me $25,000. Hmm. 25. That's nice, you know. Yeah, you, you, you pay a bill. You, you can call them folk back with $25,000. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you can call them folk, tell where y'all want me to send that to. Yeah, you can stop hiding with $25,000. It's going to give me $25,000. And the Lord spoke to me and said, they're not supposed to do that. They're not supposed to do that. And they need you as their shepherd. I said, okay, Lord. I called them, talked to both the husband and the wife on the phone, and said, uh, I know you guys are going to give me $25,000, and you'll do it, and you, and you can do it. You have it. You can do it. But I don't want you to do that. Do not give me $25,000. I ain't going to tell you who it was. They're sitting in here, but I ain't going to tell you who it was. That ain't the point. I'm just letting you know my heart. I say, do not give me $25,000. I said, now, I can take the money and go and do whatever I'm going to do, and, and I'll be blessed, but, but what have it cost me? I can't, I can't sell my integrity. I said, you purposed in your heart to do a certain figure. That's the figure I want you to go back to. Don't give me $25,000. And uh, they said, uh, and, and the wife said to me, she said, Pastor, for the first time, we feel like we have a shepherd that loves us. See, that's what it's, that's, that's what it's about, man. It ain't, it ain't about taking, taking advantage of people. You got to live with that. I take advantage of you, misuse you, deceive you, then have to look at you. See, that's, I believe that's what God, that's what God wants. See, and so I kept myself open for a new thing. See, I'm open for whatever God wants to do. Because I didn't let the deception of this situation pull me away from the man of God that I needed to be. Amen. God's raising up somebody to give me one million dollars. One million dollars. To me, I ain't say to the church. To me. To my address. Not this, not 521. And I hate to, I hate to abort that. Because God said, remember when I spoke to you about that 25,000? And you didn't step up to the plate? See, I hate to have to deal with that. Son, I want to trust you with a million, but you remember you flunked that test with the 25,000? That's why I show you videos when we raise money and stuff. I show you stuff. Because I'm not deceptive. Right. Yes, sir. Amen. So you can, you can relax. How much person should say you can ease up now? Let me give you these last two, and then I got to let y'all go. Y'all been here too long. <laughs> Number three is situational. Situations can deceive you. Situational. Situation. Situation can deceive you. Look at uh, Mark 4 and verse 18. Mark 4 and verse number 18. Situations can deceive you. Your situation will deceive you and make you think your life is always going to be like it is today. See, so your situation will deceive you. Situation will deceive you. And make you think you're always going to be stuck right where you are. Your marriage always going to be like that. Your kids will never respect you. See, that's a situation trying to deceive you. You'll never get a job. See, that's your situation trying to deceive you. Look what he says in verse number 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the what? Deceitfulness of riches. See, money can deceive you. See, you'll get deceived and think because you have money, you think you're okay. You think all is well because you have money. Yeah. 
But there's a deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. So you can let your situation deceive you, and because your situation has deceived you, it chokes the word out, and the word won't produce fruit in your life. Through deception, the deceitfulness of riches. You know, they, I forgot this minister came out with this song, said, I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Well, who was that? Bishop Snoop. Bishop Snoop. Yeah, Bishop Snoop. <laughs> well, see, in the kingdom of God, man, we can't have our mind on my money and our money on, we got to have our mind on Jesus. Because, see, when you start putting your mind on your money and your money on your mind, you're going to get deceived. You're going to think you all right. You're going to think you can do what you want to do. you big and bad enough to do what you want. You don't have to park where everybody else parks. You think you can park where you want to park. You think you can park in the handicap because you got money. Think you ain't supposed to get a ticket for speeding because you got money. You deceived. You went above the speed limit. But see, that's the deceitfulness of riches. Being deceived. Don't let your situation deceive you. Whatever you're going through, don't let that situation deceive you. That situation is not telling you the truth. That situation is only delivering to you the facts. The truth is what God said, and the truth will eventually change the facts if you commit to the truth. Last one, self-deception. 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 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Then we have one more after that. First Corinthians 50, you get blessed by the word today? Amen. Glad you came to church. Amen. And just think, you was planning on staying home today. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm talking about the person next to you, not you. I'm talking about that person on the third row. <laughs> Watch this. He says in verse number 33, be not deceived. Tell the person next to you, say, don't deceive yourself. He said, be not deceived, evil communication corrupt good manners. See, evil communication is going to do what? Corrupt. corrupt good manners. You can take a kid that, was, that grew up in a Christian environment, in a Christian home, and put him among kids who have no standard for righteousness. There's nothing excellent about them. There's no righteousness, no morals, no character. And you place him among those kids, and before long, that kid who had good manners and good morals, had character, would start behaving as if he never grew up in a Christian environment. Now, here's the deception. Oh, no, that ain't going to happen to me. See? See, that's, see, this is what God said. And, and how, and how, see, you, you, see, now you acting like Satan. You shall not surely die. Oh, no, that ain't going to happen to you. Oh, no, that ain't, you know, you can run with them. No, it ain't going to happen to you. You can associate with who you want to so It ain't going to happen to you. Just guard your spirit. See, that, that ain't what the Bible said. How you, you, you see, you placing yourself above God. See, see where, where your world, where the world that you made? See, where, where your sun, where your moon, where your stars? What trees you made? When you said light be and light was? Since you know more than God now. Where your ocean? Yeah. 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 Amen. See, so that's, that's deception to think, to think that you can keep running with certain people and it's not going to impact your life. That's deception. Let's look at this last one and I'll let you go. Galatians 6 and 3. Y'all been a good class today. Thank y'all for... I have to ask the pastor if I can come back and preach again over here. I like preaching over here. <laughs> Galatians 6 and verse 3. Let me read that from the Message Bible. Thank you. For the sake of time, I just want to read it from the Message Bible. It talks about if a brother's overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. So just look up, look up on, the, uh, on, the, on the screen and you'll see it here. Look what it said. He said, live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, this is an instruction, forgivingly restore him. If someone falls into sin, Forgivingly restore him. Tell the person that you say, if you ever fall into sin, yeah. I will, will forgivingly restore you. Restore you. Yes, sir. 
Now watch what he said. Saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. And, and let, let, me, let me rephrase it. You will be needing forgiveness before the day is out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens. And so complete Christ's law. Watch this. If you think you're too good for that, you are badly deceived. If you think you're too good to restore, if you think you have the right to talk about somebody else because they messed up, you're deceived. Because the same grace and mercy and forgiveness they're going to need before the day out, you're going to need it too. Now what, now what you going to do? You didn't talk about them and you didn't put them all out there. Now you didn't messed up. Now, now what you going to do? Because you're going to need it too. Amen? And to get deceived by that keeps you from embracing the new thing that God has for you. Amen? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand.